In the past one week, you have been leading us through the book of Revelation. Our eyes were open, our mind illuminated in a new dimension. Father, even as we deliberate on your word so that we may walk in your perfect will tonight, we ask for grace and insight into the mysteries that we have never known, such that the life of your people will be built up. And your will for every family on earth will be achieved. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are prayed. Amen. Let's welcome some beside you and take your seats, please. Can I just have a little bit of volume on my track? Somebody who knows about that should sort it out. Volume on my track. Amen. Yeah, that's better. Amen. What a glorious night. You know, tonight, I'll be taking you on a journey that will go more than three days. We will go from tonight, we will go in tomorrow, and overcomers of this week, which is Friday, will be centered on this. If I don't finish it Sunday, I will go further. The reason, well, the purpose for which we are gathered is to discuss, this is our first marriage seminar. How marriage seminar came about in Christ Faith Tabernacle was that when the Lord Jesus sent me to inaugurate Christ Faith Tabernacle, he told me some things to be done in CFT globally, which is like a covenant between us and God. The Lord said we should celebrate our Founder's Day, that is the day that CFT started, which is every fourth Sunday, every month, every uh, fourth Sunday of um, March every year. Then the second thing the Lord said is that we should celebrate Holy Ghost Convention, where we will concentrate on just Holy Spirit, because the Lord told me that there are people who are Christians who go to churches five years, they never know about the Holy Spirit. But it says every year we will explore deep into who is the Holy Spirit, what is the works of the Holy Spirit, the function of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, so that every member of this house could be baptized, be filled, and also operate the gifts. And then the Lord said to us that we should remember to do Jesus' seminar, where we will look only about into Jesus Christ. Similarly, the Lord told me, people may go to church for some years in some churches, they never speak about Jesus, because all the time they were preaching about other aspects of the Bible that relate to what man we get from God and stuff, but the Lord said we should teach about Him regularly in those churches. And so we do Jesus' seminar twice, at the minimum. Jesus' seminar during Easter period, and we remember the, the, the work of Christ and the cross, and in December, we look at pre-existing Christ to the prophetic Christ to the birth of Christ. And the other one God said we should be doing as a covenant is marriage seminar, which I call family clinic. The reason for marriage seminar is because if we look at the book of Genesis chapter 3, the first attack of Lucifer was against marriage. At that time, children had not been born in the marriage. We look at, we're going to look at the origin of marriage and go into that, but this is just 
to introduce why do we look at marriage seminar. And we discovered also that after the devil attacked the church, at the marriage, which was first instituted by Adam and Eve, and overcame Eve, and through Eve overcame Adam. We discovered that the next target of the devil was the seed of Eve and Adam. And in chapter 4 of Genesis, we discovered there is a separation. The devil overcame Cain, but Abel overcame the devil. And so that the offspring of evil began to breed through Cain, and the offspring of godliness began to breed through Seth, who came thereafter, Abel. So if we look at the world we are in today, this is um, January the 23rd, 2019. You will discover, you will agree with me, and I will take you through more details on this period this week, that the greatest mistake a believer can make is to marry a wrong person. It's the greatest mistake. If you choose a wrong course, it's easy. The wrong profession. You can make it. You can readdress your career in life and still choose another career and still make it. But if you marry a wrong person, at the beginning it always seems beautiful, lovely, good, attractive, and stuff. But when the reality will test the marriage, sorrow that comes from it is a sorrow that remains in the lives of those two candidates for their life. And we will look at during this season, I will talk about the things that cause all these divisions in marriage, and I will talk about how you can develop yourself to prevent or to mitigate for those who already are in it, or to prevent for those who are not yet in it. But the fact is that if a Christian chooses a wrong person, it is about five to ten years. Well, from three years to ten years, most of them manifest. But at that time, you have put your head in the news. According to the Christian doctrine, you cannot divorce. And I will treat about divorce. But also treat about what about those who divorce? How should that be handled? Therefore, for those who have not married, they are lots. And then for those who are married, the very warned. Because the book of Malachi tells us that God will judge everyone because they are married. I stand as the witness between you and the wife of your covenant. Something about God which I found so much uh, scary is this. We in church can see you ourselves. On the face. But I can't see you outside this place. And you can't see me outside this place. Really your wife can see you. On the face as long as you are with her. Or your husband. But your husband cannot know what is in your heart. Neither could your wife know what is in your heart. But God. Sees the heart of all mankind at the same time. And that should be very scary. So if a husband and a wife are discussing and one of them has a contrary thing in his or her heart, 
God is looking at you with pity. Because God will not spare that person. And this is the reason why a number of believers are falling a victim of the messenger of rot. In these three days, we will be dealing with all these areas God permitting us. But the purpose of today is to bring every one of us to the origin of marriage, bedrock of marriage, so that we can understand what marriage really is in a deeper dimension. So I will say, this is title in the beginning. If you look at the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all that the creatures that move along the ground. Now, if we look at this, I call this God's ultimate intention or plan. God created the universe. On Sunday, I was sharing with you about Genesis chapter 1, and we looked into some principles of God from verse 1 to the rest of the chapter. So when God created the heavens and the earth, he decided to create man to rule over this earth. That is to be in control. So that's to just say, God said, let us, which is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, speaking together. So that the path of man is a path that came from the, the unity of the Godhead. And you must not forget this. He said, let us make man in our image. And if you look at last week, I was teaching you about the book of Hebrew two Sundays ago. In Hebrew chapter 1, it says, let me get you that very scripture verbatim. In in Hebrew chapter 1, it says, Verse 5, it says, For to which of the angels did God say, You are my son? Today I have, you have become, I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. So if we look at the scripture, therefore, we recognize the fact that God did not make angels in his image. Really, That scripture tells you and I that man was made out of the genetics of God. The gene of God formed man because he's the father. And it is the gene of the father that forms the image and the likeness. That is how the child looks and some behavioral patterns of the child, which comes from the gene. Our science proves that today, but this is the scripture. So God made man in his image, and he made man in his life. So which means that God made a God on earth. While God the Father is the God of heavens and earth, he created earth and made man the God over the earth. Of course, we look at when God will form man, it says that and God breathed his breath into his nostril, 
and he became a living soul. So man came out of God. So it means God out of God in the clay became flesh. You must not forget this because you will need it in everything I teach you under heaven. You will need it. You are God in the flesh because you came out of God. Then God now spoke about the function of the man or the jurisdiction of the man. He says, let them have dominion. So you are a ruler like God. You, are, you have the power to be in control like God. But your dominion is, your jurisdiction of your dominion is the earth. And God explained the jurisdiction over the fishes or fish of the sea. You have the right and power over the sea over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God gave us dominion over everything. Now, number two, I call this God's intention fulfilled. In the first verse 26, it was a proposal But in verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And I said to us, whenever we read the Bible, we should read the Bible literally. First, to understand the literary meaning or historical, and then we can now look into the spiritual. If you get the literary understanding wrong, your spiritual diagnosis will be very wrong. It will be based on misinformation. Here the Bible says, so, in conclusion of God's intention, he created man. And it says, M-A-N. And then he went further to say, in his own image. The next line says, in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So you understand, therefore, that the word man, which appears to be singular, is a plural incumbent singular word. All right? Which means that that man, which is seen to be singular, consists and completely limited to male and female. Or it equals to the word male and female. And I believe very much that this is the first part of the Bible that helps human beings to understand that man and woman are equal. Totally equal. There are some things I spoke on the marriage ceremony on Saturday, which I will need to use with you today. Saturday, those of you who were there will recognize that the, the way I did a teaching Saturday is very different to everything you might have heard from me. And I'm going to look into that for your knowledge's sake. So, God's intention was fulfilled. He created man, but that man applies to male and female. So, a woman, the Bible does not put a man over a woman. Neither did the Bible put a woman subordinate to a man. No, it did not. Then someone would say that, but the Bible says the man is the head of the family. Yes, I think I mentioned that last week on Saturday in the wedding ceremony. That You know, in a company, you have director, you have CEO, you have the board, 
You have the executives. You have the, some use three tiers in governance, some use two tiers in governance. You, those who use two tiers in governance have the body executive and the runners. Those who use three tiers in governance use the body executive and then they have the management which comprises down line in areas like um, civil law countries like uh, European, the rest of Europe apart from England, they run what we call civil law. And in their practice of governance, they have planted even the grassroots in the management so that the grassroots can tell the management how an ordinary man feels in decision-making. But though, of course, let's put that aside. So therefore... But if you look at this scripture, into that, all staff of a company are equal. They all have equal legal rights. An executive of the company does not have a right that is superior to the right of a cleaner. The same law binds them, the law of what we call labor master, employer and employee. But in function, they differ. Okay? So somebody is called chief executive because he will be the one that the board will hold responsible for any mess of anybody. Another one is called director because if the board, uh, you know, accuse the chief executive of messing the company, the chief executive look at the region of the company that is messing up and he gets the director of that company and he deals with him. And the director looks at who is the manager of the area that is causing problem. And the director deals with that person and that person goes to the assistant director, the manager, the assistant manager, and then to the grassroots. So therefore, the role of a man and a woman differ, but they are equal human. As it is that a, man, a managing director cannot say that I don't need a manager or I don't need, you know, uh, a supervisor. He will soon find out that he cannot do the job of a supervisor. Let the supervisor take his guys and go. The company comes down. So, therefore, the role of a wife, a woman, and a man in the household is equal. I mean, they are, they are, they are equal men, but their role, their role is equal, but they are distinct. And we will look at that in a minute to be able to understand more details about this. So, God's intention fulfilled. Number three, God's ultimate blessing, I call that, is based on unity. Verse 28 of Genesis 1. He says, God bless them. The word them means unity. God cannot bless this unity. He didn't, God didn't bless him, the man, or bless her, the woman. God blessed them together. And he said, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves in on the ground. Now you can understand from this verse 28 that what God said in his intention in 26, God was not talking to a masculine man to be a ruler. He's talking to man and woman because when God created the man and the woman, and God was to enforce that promise, he did not bless the man in isolation of the woman. He blessed them together. Do you know something? These begin to help you understand, if you are in marriage and you are a Christian, that this unity between husband and wife will send your life backwards. 
Any marriage where husband and wife are antagonistic to one another, you can't go anywhere. You will suffer serious. Prayer can help you. Prayer can help you. Because for the blessing to ensue or manifest, it can only manifest upon a united front. Man and wife. United. If a man thinks, I don't need my wife, you will go too far. You will burn off, my friend. And if a woman says, I don't need my husband, I can do what I like. It's a pity. You will be one of those that will be used for bad example. And it's not good. Really, especially in a dispensation where the truth is so bare and naked. In our own days, we didn't have people to teach us all this. But however, we still follow the scripture. With the little knowledge we had. But these days, knowledge is so expounded. Because God has allowed intellectuals to get involved in explaining the scripture just like in the time of Paul. Which is very, very, you know, simple. Made simple. Therefore, those of you who have not married must have this knowledge. You can't marry a person that you cannot agree with. You are in courtship and it's one trouble today, the other trouble tomorrow. Come on now. Press the button and flee. You get involved with a girl or a man who tries to dissociate you from your parents, press the button and flee. When I met my wife before I married her, that was 1973. I think that is how many years now? 46 years or so? This is 2019. Is that not so? Good. I took my wife to my mother. And I said to my wife before my mother, if you don't love this woman, though I love you, I will not marry you. I wish she was sitting down here. She's just handling some other issues which I'll let you know when we finish. I said to my wife, I love my mother so much. If you don't love this woman, you can't, I can't marry you. And I even went further and said that you have to study this woman and simulate her and be like her, at least to a good extent. Because this is the woman who I lived in her womb, who knew me back and front, and he made my life happy. You can't make my life happy if you can't do what some of the things he does for me. I said to my wife, point blank. And my wife said, I love your mommy. Because how can I not love your mommy who gave back to you? If you didn't give back to you, how can I find you? I said, you got it right. I said, my love for you is determined by your love for her. And I was serious. Though I didn't know fully what I was doing, but I found out later on as a teacher of the word that it's just the scripture. It's just the scripture. Because a, a woman that is just coming to the life of a man, no matter how much she feels she loves the man, she don't know the man. A woman who saw the form of the man growing and nakedness of the man, master his son, her son rather. She's the one who can sit the woman down and tell you every weakness of that boy. And that's what my mother did to my wife. Sat my wife down, told my wife everything that is my weakness, because she's the only one who knows me. And all what is my strength. Are we together now? And my mother, my wife, immediately, she took to my mother. And to the place whereby she left her church, started going to her church, our own church. And after a few years before I married, somebody in the church came to my mother and said, please, can we ask the hand of your daughter in marriage? And he was talking to my own wife. 
And my mother said, which daughter? He said, the small one. Because they know my elder sister is married. said, the small one who has not been married. He said, we have been watching you and her. There is so much bonding between you. She will be a good woman. Because we all know you. Because in our church, when people marry who went to England to be educated and they become directors and stuff, they marry. They send their, their wife to my mother to train. And my mother is not educated. Was not educated. But she would train graduates and all these directors and stuff. About what it is to be a wife. And when they have issues, they come to my mother. How can we deal with this? And she tells them what they do. What, what she tells them is what they do. So the man had to tell my mother. My, my mother had to tell the man that. Do you know that this woman is my daughter-in-law to be? The man said, no, it cannot be. It cannot be. That, it's, your, it's your daughter. They are so bonding to the place where by my, my mother and my wife, they wear the same clothes. My mother, my, my wife will come to visit my mother. She will just put on my mother's clothes and they are going to church. And when she buys any clothes for herself, she buys for my mother and they wear the same clothes. And my sister got envious. And when my sister was trying to flex muscle, my mother said, you have left this family. You should do that in the family we sent you. That was a big contention. That this one is the one coming into this family and is the wife of the first son. And this is how a man can determine the true woman sent by God. He will fall, she will fall in love with your wife. Same thing if a woman wants to see a man who is a true husband, he will fall in love with your father. He will fall in love with your father. He will take your father as his father. He will not be someone who feels that he has a superiority to argue with the father who gave birth to because no man can know a woman like her father. I will together now. And a man who does not love the father of the wife can never love the woman. He can't. He likes the woman. Same thing with the woman. She likes the man. Like sometimes look like love. They are two different things. One is, one has its roots in what we call infatuation. And the other has its root from what is called true love. Are we together? So a man who will marry a woman, what you will see is that he will respect your father so highly. He will esteem your father so highly. And he must be somebody also who esteems his own father. At the same time with the woman too. It was somebody who would love his, her own mother. And these things have, they, 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 are, they have relative effects in actual unity in a marriage. A lot of people run into marriage without investigating. So I met somebody, he looks good and we kiss one another. I, I, I burn in my heart, I should love, I should marry this. That is what many marriages are based on. But I will show you on Friday about compatibility in marriage, which we look into using the word, the Venn diagram in mathematics to explain some compatibility and discompatibility and the reason for struggle in Christendom and what you can do if you are a victim and how you can mitigate that effect if you have not got into marriage. If anybody hear my word and you practice what I say, you will not have much problem. 
I, I cannot say to you, as the Lord will say, that you have no problem. But I can say to you that most problems that others have, they came from ignorance. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. That is from ignorance. Now, if you are fully educated on what the scripture says I'm teaching you, you will have less problems. And if you are being in a marriage and you have been doing what you like, and you are having good headache, you can have a cure by just listening to what I'm saying and do what I'm teaching you. So we're looking at the blessing of God can only be manifest in unity. Number four, isn't it? Marriage is God's idea. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, if we look at this, there are five things I derive from this verse. The man has been alone for a while, and he did not think about a woman, which is typical of nature of a human being. When you are born, you grow, you see boys and girls playing together in this church. They are kids. They don't think about marriage. They don't think there is difference between them and the family. And, the family. and they grew together. Even you can see those who are adults here, that when it comes to marriage, because they have related with, with the girls, become women, they find it difficult to approach them for marriage. Because they see them like they are sisters. It happened to me as well. They are protective of those girls because they grew together. Unless if God connects. And that's why in many, many fellowships like this, a lot of women get their husband from outside and a lot of girls get their... A lot of girls get their husband from outside and a lot of boys get their wife from outside. Because they always have this um, sister affection, but it's not, it shouldn't be so. It could be just for a few, but not for general. I will together now. But I need to let you know that because you grew together, you protected one another. doesn't mean you cannot marry one another. You can marry one another if you have a conviction in your spirit. I will talk about hearing God too, regards marriage, so that every one of you can know it's easy to hear, hear God. All right? You don't have to. <laughs> we'll talk about that on Friday. So, but now, you know, if your heart, First Corinthians tells us that if your heart burns towards a sister or you have a passion for marriage towards that person and you have noticed that person, watched the person, you are compatible and stuff, what the Bible requires is that, and I teach you in this church, come and talk about it with your leader. I will not mislead you. It is impossible. Because the eyes that have swum the ocean cannot be afraid of swimming pool. If the person, if I hear God, that the person is not compatible, I will say to both of you, God said this, full stop. Whether you accept it or not is your business. Haven't I told you that God said don't? If you go ahead, I will wed you. Yes, it's my job. There are two calves. As a registrar, I wed you. As a spiritual man, I tell you what God said. And if God didn't tell me anything, I will tell you God didn't tell me anything. You go and hear God yourself. 
He doesn't have to tell me about the person you want to marry. Because most times that God speaks to me about people you marry in church are times that you didn't talk to me. And I was passing by and I picked it up. Come here. <laughs> God is speaking to me that you are in a relationship. Hold it. This is the relationship you are in. Oh, yes, Apostle. Then I can tell you what God is saying. Some other people will come to me before they go and talk to the past party. And God will tell me and tell them, go ahead, because God had told me. And I can hear more about it. Some people will ask me, I want to, this is what my intention is. This person has approached me. And at the time you are talking to me, I prayed with you. I didn't hear anything. I said, okay, don't worry. We'll get back. And suddenly I'm just walking and God spoke. I look for you. Come, 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 come. I've just had God now. Go ahead and don't, don't go ahead. If you will not go ahead, why? I'll tell you. But if you came to me and I told you in this church and said, Apostle, this is the one I want to marry, I will keep my mouth shut for eternity. I will just bless both of you straight away. The reason for that is because humanly, if I say no, you will not accept it. Because if you brought someone to me and said, this is my person I want to marry, you know, it means you have agreed. It means you have gone to an extent in your relationship. What about if I see danger in it, I keep my mouth shut? Because I told you, don't go into it. If you want to use my grace, it is better you are not involved in passion and you talk to me before it begins. But once you have gotten into it, no, I'm not to determine anything because it has been determined already. And God does not mock himself. I would together now. So, but what I'm saying to you, therefore, is that in the issue of those of you who are not married yet, when it comes to marriage, understand this, that marriage is God's idea, not man's idea. So, Adam was on for a while. He never thought of a wife until God spoke. And when God spoke, he began to think about it. So, you will pass through a period in your life that it doesn't come to your mind, but when it starts to come to you as an urge, then... You have come to the place where God wants you to be married. And when that comes to you, understand that falling into loss and sexual intercourse is, is, um, is, uh, very, very, it is very dangerous for you. Nobody who gets into that who does not have a regret for life. Because what about if at the end of the day, the person did not marry? Plus the fact that you can expose yourself unnecessarily to satanic attacks because your body is the temple of God, Genesis chapter 6. And if you defy that temple and you are still worshiping God, then you will appear to God like an hypocrite. And the covering of God will cover you for a little while and the enemy will continue to try to strike until if you continue in the act, the covering will be taken off and you will be struck. This is how the attack of the enemy penetrates believers. Um, we'll talk much about that later on. So understand this, that it is not good for man to be alone. It is God's idea. Then God said, I will make a helper suitable for him. In this, I will have spoken to you about how do you know the person. I think let me talk about it a little bit. Yes, and within my time. So I would like to talk about it a little bit. Because here, we know, marriage is God's own idea. And, you know, it is God who is the matchmaker. Okay, in this case, God was physically there as the father 
and he is the one who went to get the woman and then brought the woman to the man. Look, don't underestimate the role of fatherhood when it comes to marriage. You know, in every marriage, they always want the father to bless the marriage. If you don't get your father's blessing, (laughs) I am sorry for you. I am sorry for you. If you marry out of contention and you, you, you fight with your father, watch it, how far you go. Even if you say your father is not a Christian, God knew before he made him your father. God knew before he made him your father. What about if your father disagrees and all stuff like that? If you say that, well, if my father doesn't agree, I'll go ahead. Then which God are you serving? The Bible says the heart of kings in his hand. It took me 10 years to pray. Let me say, effectively, relationship was 10 years. Effectively, it took me 5 years to pray for my father-in-law to accept. Or maybe 8 years. I think it's 8 years. Because in our own days, you don't just get a woman and marry. Your family, when I told my father that I want to, I've met the person I will marry, the first thing my father said is that you can't tell me you met somebody. The one who gave you to me must tell me. I have had, I have not accepted. Because you are a covenant child. You mismarry, you are wrecked for life. And a good child listens to the father. And I said, okay, dad, go and pray. I said, at least my spiritual mother is there who hears God. My father said, I will pray myself. He prayed. Where my mother has accepted immediately. You know, my mother loves me so much. Anything I want, she wants. <laughs> Amen. Now, if my son, <clears throat> said my son had never brought any woman to me. So if my son said God told him this is the wife, and my mother said, I just believe it. I have a witness. But, but where she's from, she's from a different tribe. Uh, and I told my mother that she's a human being too. And she's a Christian. So my father went on his own um, two things. My father asked me, okay, who is the mother? I said, that, where is the farm compound? I said, that, the address of the house I gave him. My father now said, as I pray to God, I must go and see with my eyes. So my father will go to where my mother-in-law is. He said, because a daughter must have the treat of the womb. So my father will go to where my mother-in-law, she sells in the market. And my father will pretend as if he is buying from the other stores and will be, you know, chatting, joking with them, but watching my mother-in-law. From the time she, she resumes to the time she closes, she investigates from all the people about her asking questions. They didn't know why he was asking questions. Ah, everybody was saying their own view. But all of them said something together. The mother is hilarious. That woman can give her eye to people. And before my father there, she will cook and call all of them, come and eat, oh, all of you. Is all of you hungry, come and eat. And people will come with their plates. The soup she cooked, big bowl, we finished there. My father was saying, what kind of a woman is this? She was not a believer at the time. Of course, she gave her life to Christ here in this. So, my mother, my father will watch her temperament. He will watch the way she relates with people. She will watch, with, and then my father went to be buying things from her. And she will watch the way she attends to people. Then my father said, 
after a few months, he came to me and said, son, I've investigated the mother of that woman. She passed. And he said, Naimos, he had God. I said, let's go to my mother. He went to my spiritual mother and it was there. As we entered, my spiritual mother said, why did you come to me? Do you not know that that woman is your son's wife made for him by the father? So why would you come and ask me? Has he not told you that is prophet for you? He didn't pray. She just started talking. I remember it is just like when Brother uh, Jason came to me that she, she, he wanted to marry Sister Mayowa. As he came to me at the door, uh, I began to see the woman. So, what are you coming to tell me about? That is your wife, isn't it? I said, ah, Daddy. I said, yes, of course. We don't need to pray about this one. And I began to tell about her character. He was stunned. That is prophetic spirit. That is how I got my, not knowing that he had told, but uh, told his wife that if, I love you, but if apostle said no, you did not hear him say that? That's what he said to you all on his marriage. He said that when he met his wife, he loved the wife and stuff, but he said to the wife that I'm going to talk to apostle. If apostle says no, we cannot go ahead in this marriage. It, a, a man like that can never choose wrongly. And that's the reason why by the time he entered into my office, the God who he had spoken to told me everything about her before he opened his mouth. And how convinced would he be? He just said to me straight away that he said, that's why I said, I will come to you. I said, I want your marriage immediately. Because a woman you have not spoken to me that heaven told me about, and I know the destiny upon him, and the woman is complimentary. It's just the right choice. That is what spiritual is. You can never mischoose if you follow and submit to counsel of heaven. I would get now. And that was how my parents accepted. But my father-in-law refused to. And I began to pray. We bought the first wedding gown by faith. We couldn't wait. Second wedding gown by faith. We couldn't wait. We bought about four or so wedding gowns. And our friends used it and waited and carried on in their family. And then in 1980, I said to my wife to be that, hold it. Why are we making efforts? To no avail. Let me see God. You all can see God and hear Him. I was not a prophet then, I was just a young person like many of you. Many of you. And I prayed daily, every hour, daily, every hour. Lord, what is going on? Touch the heart of my father in law. I must receive His blessing. My father-in-law was bringing different men to my wife in their home. Professors, directors of companies. And they would talk to my wife that, look, we will give you anything you want. And my wife said to them each time, there is something you cannot give me. And they said what? They said happiness. I love. And there is a photograph I took with my cousin's Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes 200 was the best at the time, buttered color. And I, and I took, I wore African Agbada, and I stood at the, at the entrance of the car, and they took me photograph. And my wife would say, okay, do you want to know the person I want to marry? She would just bring that Mercedes Benz. And when they see me, they say, ah, no wonder, no wonder. And they would say, by the way, he's a lance of you. Ah, they have money. 
They have money. <clears throat> but we will give you better. And that is one of the things she used as her defense. And her father didn't know. So I started praying. And then one day the Lord took me to heaven. And that was the first time that the Lord took me to heaven to show me the calendar of this world. And there's a place in heaven where the file of every man is. is in the book of Psalms. And he brought my file and he opened it from the day I was brought to heaven. And he showed me every day of my life, what will happen in my life, till two years' time. That was 81, really, till April 83. And when we came to April, he said to me that this is the month of your wedding. Choose a date. And I said, that's it. And he said, you've got it right. I said, wow. And then the Lord told me that nobody gets it wrong before me. <laughs> that's really. And then he showed me that day. He showed me my marriage from beginning to the end. I saw everyone who attended. That's the reason why I asked for the pastor I saw in that revelation who had been posted away to come back, be brought back to wed me. So therefore, what I'm saying is that God is the matchmaker. If God chooses for you, you will never get it wrong. Now, can I say this? How do you hear God? I will speak more about that maybe tomorrow or Friday as the lecture will go. Or you can hear God. Did you get me now? Some of us have been developed by God to hear audible voice. Not all of us do. Some of us hear God in our mind. Everybody does. Some of us hear God in our mind, but very strong. That you can, you, when it comes, you know that it's not your thought. But generality, everybody hear God like in the thoughts. But beyond that, either you hear God audibly or in your thought or very strongly. If you separate yourself to pray over anything under heaven and you insist, you will get. You will get. You see, the problem of believers is laziness. I would gather now. All of you can operate every grace of the Spirit by faith or by seeking God for it. Even if it does not remain with you. You can all see. You can all go to heaven. You can all see angels. You can all receive anything from God. But when you are seeking God for a particular thing, you must lose consciousness of other things until that very thing you are seeking saturates you. That it becomes your desire every hour. That's when you get it. And God will use that to grab your attention and dedication. When he gets it, then he gives you the understanding. Or reveals to you or send an angel to you. All Christians can. But you know something? Many of us, when we've met the person you will marry, we can't wait, we can't wait, we can't wait. And we rush into everything. So, but you can get. You don't have to just accept. If you have a little doubt, don't just go ahead. You can lock up yourself. I think I would say that uh, I said some things during last Saturday with Pastor Elizabeth. Now, because I can talk about that a lot. And I use that forever in my marriage counseling or marriage teaching. At 21, God revealed to her the, the town of the man she will marry. She had a vision. At 21, she wasn't thinking of anybody. And that vision, she went to visit a place. Why she has said that she would never marry anybody from Nigeria. That was her, her determination from kid. And her brother, she told them, I would never marry from Nigeria. They said, we know that you will marry from England. But when she was 21, she had a dream. And in that dream, she visited a person that was introduced to as her husband, family. And... They said that, she now asked them that, where are you people from? 
haven't given out a big hospitality. They say, oh, you know, people call us Igbo, but we are not Igbos. Oh, doesn't understand that because she doesn't know about Nigeria. But when she woke up, she remembered everything because it's a vision. So she came to me and said, Daddy, I had a dream. I said, what's the dream? She told me the dream. She said, people call them Igbos, but they said they are not Igbos. She said to me, who are those people? I said, they are from Agbo. She said, what is Agbo? And I explained to her this disparity. The whole. She wants to marry someone born in England and grew in England. Nigerian. Okay. But over the period, over 10 men have approached her in the period of 21, 32. Because she got married now at 35, she met the man two and a half years, three years ago. Three years ago, it started really. So, but even some of the people who approached her, I know of two among all the relationship. Uh, yeah, two among all the relationships. That she even had gotten involved. Because she tell me that, should I talk to them? I said, talk to them so that you can know who they are. And two occasions, she had felt, oh, this one is very good. And God showed that this one has a mark to mommy. And when mommy told me that she had a dream that he had a mark, I said, bring him here, let's look at your face. Mommy called the man and said that, I saw a dream that you have a mark, but your face doesn't have a mark. What is the mark in your life? Mommy asked him. You understand that? <laughs> Mama for you. <laughs> so, and... Suddenly, we discovered more things about him, which I don't want to go into. And pastor just came to me and said that, but you know, this is what I said, you have had, that is the mark. So tell him, don't call me forever. And you know something with my daughter, Pastor Elizabeth is, and I say that to her credit, if she is getting into someone, if I say, that's it, she will not ask me questions. It is painful to release but she has to release because she knows when I say no, you won't come tomorrow to hear yes from me. And she also recognized that I'm her father, but I'm also her spiritual father. And before I say no, I must have seen something. She took a time to get out of the emotion. Then, the time that this one came, Somebody just came, just a few weeks before the Raymond now that she's married to. Someone just came and said, you must marry my sister. And they were phoning mommy, not me. And they put pressure on mommy. Then they got her phone. They kept putting pressure on her. They brought the photograph of the man. They were talking so much about the man. And so, you know, so, you know girls, it's easily for people to bombard your brain. And then you, you just change what you like because of pressure. And people are saying it's good. Even you may be thinking in your mind that, ah, could it be that God is the one talking through them? Ah, you two, you consider, oh, people are saying this good thing. So, but when they were saying all those things, he came to me and said that they brought this man, and these are the, is the family, they are friends, and uh, they are from this family, they are members of the church dedicated. So he said, should I talk with him? I said, talk with him. Let me know what your findings are. Because, you know, for her, I will want her to exercise her ability to hear first. So that it's not that I am just the one directing. He should too much here because now she's married. There's a limit to what I can give her. Now she has to have here herself. 
So that period was quite a very, very rugged training. So, and then she came to me, she started talking to the guy, and then suddenly she, uh, Brother Raymond showed up. But for Brother Raymond, I tell you, that was a relationship she had just two years before Brother Raymond, or three years before Brother Raymond. And that relationship, that person was asking her, she said, let me pray about it. We all approve of the person, but however, it's not from Agbo. Uh, but because of, you know, knowledge of one another. And then she came and said that, you know, this is what God revealed to me about, about this relationship. And I said, you know that that is no. He said, yes, Dad. It is painful, but I have to tell him no. So he called and said, sorry, brother. I love you as a friend and a brother, but we cannot be married because God revealed something to me. I don't want to tell you, but that's it. So when she came to tell me, very, very painful. Because if you look at statistics academically and everything, they look so jail. Okay? Now God said that's not the person. And when she was going away from me, you know, dejected, I just saw Brother Raymond standing. I said, come back, my daughter. <laughs> she came and I said, for the first time, look at your husband standing here. I said, from today, I can tell you as a servant of the living God, don't worry anymore. I will find him anywhere in the world. I will bring him and tell him, you are the husband of my daughter. Follow me. And you know what? She went away. Because sometimes when I talk from prophetic office, my family don't understand me. They will follow me anyway because you know that when God speaks, I'm strong-willed. If man is still speaking, no problem. You can do whatever you like. But when God speaks, no, unless I'm dead, you cannot pass that boundary. So she went and, um, you know, and then when she, she now, they now introduce this other man that she was now talking with, the man with prophesying, and then they now introduce Brother Raymond. And when they introduced Brother Raymond, I looked at uh, my wife and then we are talking. I said, tell these people who are calling you to call me. If you want to ask for a girl's hand in marriage, you talk to the father, not the mother and the girl. Tell them to call me. They didn't call me. So one day they were, they were you know, they gone to the Akotomi over, you know, who, you know, the, the mom was saying that this new photograph, I love this better, this one, I don't like the phaser. And she was saying, but he prophesized. She, he prophesied, I said, what am I hearing you guys doing? They said, they said, I should come and see you. This man, mommy said that this face looks, for, it looks uh, better for him. Ah. I said, but you're not the one marrying. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, she said, but this other one, you know, daddy, he's spiritual. I want a spiritual man. I said, okay, let me look at the photograph of the two of them. I saw this photograph of the one who prophesied. I said to her, tell that man to prophesy to me. Then you will know whether it's a prophet. Give him my telephone. And I took the photograph and I dumped the photograph and I said, let me see the other one. Ah, I said, this is the man I saw two years ago on the vision. I said, where is he, by the way? He said, he's in Nigeria. Both of them are in Nigeria. I said, okay, I'm going to Nigeria next week. Tell this man to come and see me. But she has not started speaking intimately with Brother Raymond. Because she was thinking that maybe the other one, because she's prophesy. You know the prophecy that God will do it for you. You are the, you are the handwriter of God. You are the glory of God. All those kind of prophecy. I said, as she told, as he told you before, date and time that an event will happen, and it happened. He said, no. I said, then which prophecy is he prophesying? So whatever the case may be, I told her that when I get this one, tell him when he fools you. That your father said, 
He must not phone you anymore. You must phone him. And don't talk to him again. Okay? When I got to Nigeria, Raymond came in when I was preaching. Nearly from the door, I picked them up. This is the one I saw in the vision. Because, you see, the photograph that was sent by Prarimo initially, he would just dress unassumingly. Normal dress. But the other one spoot. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, like a real big man. I said, it's not big manity I want to eat. I want compatibility. I will get an answer. So, I just said to Pastor Dakbot, that man who sits over there, bring him to my office. When he came to my office, I said, sit down. He said, I said that, you are the husband of my daughter, isn't it? He was just shaking. I said, God revealed you to me years ago. He was just shaking. So he was to come and ask me, can I, can I? You don't need to ask me. You are the person, okay? Now, let me now ask you questions. I now ask him about the family and everything background. And I said to him, consider it done. I'm the father. I'm giving her to you. Full stop. All right. <laughs> so I had to come back to London. And then I called my daughter. And when he came, I hugged her. I found your husband. <laughs> I found your husband. And then my daughter, you know, daddy, which one? I said, this one who came to see me. This one who came to see me. She said, who? I said, look, that is your husband. That's the one I saw. No qualms. Now, only him you talk to. Okay? So, but let me say this to you. You have a father like that. It's not tough. And after about a month or so, she came to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, thank you. He said, for the first time, I met a man who loves everything I am. He said this one when, I, when we discussed, I said, ask him about his life ambition, but she, he had told me, of course. I've asked him about what is, what, because I wouldn't let my wife, my daughter marry a person who has no vision. I've asked him all that, but I ever told her. He said, go and talk with him. And there he said, when I told, he asked me, what do I want to be in life and so on. And I told him, he said, look, I give you all my support. And he started calling her and telling her that, have you done this? He started searching on Google. Look, you can, what about this? If you put this to what you are doing, you can get. I say, yes, that is how I am to your mother, and that's your mother. And she too started, and it was there she recognized that the role of a father, especially your spiritual oversight, if you don't use it, it's your fault. But if you look at today, the wedding on Saturday, was it not gorgeous? I could walk my daughter in the aisle happy. But if she had chosen the wrong man, I would still walk her on the aisle unhappy. Because I know that I'm walking her into fire. But my duty is to walk her. He made a choice. The same thing, I have wedded people in this church that I know that the wedding will not last. And when I was blessing them, I knew that the blessing would not happen. Because I had told them together. This, I called the man, I called the woman, and I said that, for you, I don't do this, but I, I have so much pain in me to allow you to go into peril. I said, this woman is not your wife, and you can't marry her. If you do, you will regret for life. And the girls, the boy said to me that, but I have a, one of my... Uh, 
senior pastors I had ordained. But Pastor such and such said, we are meant for one another. I said, I am the head of this church. But because you said that is what you want, what is your married date? I kept my mouth shut. When we married, wedded them, second night, the woman threw his coat and he slid out of the window. Let me say this to you. I saw that man years after on Defoe Street walking like a mad person. The woman moved on. The woman till today didn't marry. He cannot settle with the man. I told that man you can't handle her. Okay? I did that only once. I think twice I did. The second one, my own son, who is a member of this church, but the parents gave him to me as my son. He came to me and said he wants to marry somebody. I said, you want to marry this woman? You can't. Who stop? Ah, yes, sir. Said the woman is fire. You know, as a, as a pastor, I know you not just by your face. I know you by your I know people who are compatible and people are not. But for him, he, I raise him like a son. Anything I say, that's fine And I now said to him that, do you not know who this woman? Another woman. He said, yes. He said, daddy, really, the first thought that came to me was for her, but I'm afraid she looks more sophisticated. I said, hold it. You know, some women are so, they have in their bill, they are very present. And men are always afraid of them without even talking to them. Because of the way they comport themselves, they, con- they, they move, they control themselves. I said, no, I will finish it. Go away. I called the woman and said that, this is your husband. Do you not know him? He's my daughter too. He said that the God told me. But when he came, he went to my friend. I said, I have dissolved that relationship with your friend. Now, and I said, you know, my son is a very shy boy. You will have to go to his house together with your sister and visit him by force, by fire. And then they went to the house of that brother and got him at home. You know, my son was shaking all over the place. I said, don't worry, that's the kind of man. It's a very, in CRT global, that was the meekest man that we ever had. So, I have issues, many I can tell you, but what I'm saying, and I'm going to stop there today, is that it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper. If you allow God to choose for you, all right, even if people introduce someone to you, you must seek God concerning it to recognize that this is God. And those of you who have their daughters and sons who are growing, don't worry about marriage. Don't worry them about marriage because when you are waiting for the person God has sent you, let me, let me ask you this. If you give your life to full service of God and you are sincere and committed to God, do you think the God of heaven will abandon you? He did not abandon those who didn't serve him. Talk less you. He will give you the best for the last. And this is my instruction to my own children. Forget about life partner. Two things you must, you must commit your life to do as a spinster and a bachelor. Achieve much academic that you can. And achieve the highest height in God. Forget about uh, husband and wife. When the time will come, 
God will bring the person like you, who he has been preparing. Like the same thing will happen with, you know, what Pastor Elizabeth, the same thing. Raymond was. He was helping all his friends to get married. And he said, when are you going to marry? He said, I won't find the person I'm married. I won't find the person I'm married. Until the time came. So if you commit yourself to achievement in life, a woman should achieve much she can before marriage. Because when you get married, as a woman, there are many things that got involved with marriage. And it draws more on the woman. Matrimony draws more on the woman, not on the man. And tomorrow we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the functions of the husband and the wife. Okay? Because of the functions. So therefore, a woman should use the time she's waiting to get as much as you. And commit yourself thoroughly to God's service. So that when you get married, your, commission to, your commitment to God's service will continue and increase. Alright? And God will fix you up. He will. Don't be in a haste. And don't let anybody put pressure on you. Always tell those who put pressure on you. Because when people begin to speak into your mind, some may speak abuses into you. Ignore them. Anybody who seek abuse to you because you are waiting, they are fools. And you must treat them so. You know the best answer for a fool? Thank you so much. And still deal with them as if they didn't see anything. That is the way. Okay, because God will answer them. On the day God will answer them, their mouth will be open a gap or a gap, and they will not be able to close it. But you must serve God with all your heart, and you must commit your life to achievement in life. If you're a good achiever, useless man won't come to you. The woman who is a good achiever, if a useless man wants to talk, he will will think twice. Four eyes. You have two eyes, three eyes, you have four eyes. Amen. So that the kind of man that will come to you will be choice man of God, seasoned man of God, and successful man of God. So write this down to close that lecture. Five things you learn in verse 18 of chapter 2 of Genesis. Marriage is God's own idea. That's number one. Number two, wife is suitable. Helper. Number three, marriage is a responsibility, not a liability. Number four, God gave man the responsibility. I read again. One, marriage is God's own idea. Wife is a suitable helper. Number two. Number three, marriage is a responsibility, not a liability. Number four, God gave man the responsibility. The responsibility of marriage is not given to woman, it's given to man. Number five, man can only succeed in marriage with God's help. Alright, that is Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. We're going to stop there tonight. And tomorrow we'll go further, especially, is there anybody who missed anything? Yes. What number? Number five, I said, man can only succeed in marriage 
with God's help. And when I say man, I mean man and woman, because I've told you that the word man is mask is uh, plural. Do we get it now? With with God's help, and uh, we will look at that from tomorrow. I will go from here to look into looking at really the. I want to explore more the area of wife is the suitable helper, and go to the um, the. Duties and obligations of a man and distinct that from duties and obligations of a woman. And we will all see what I said that marriage draws more from the woman. Let me tell you, when a woman says to when a man says to a woman, I love you, what is in his brain is different. The way God created them. When a woman says to a man, I love you, her heart is lost into it. When a man says to a woman, I love you, it is his passion that is. I would gather, inability of a woman to recognize that will constitute a lot of problems, and inability of a man to recognize that it is not just passion that the woman is talking about. She's talking about her heart. Let me give you an example. I will talk about sexual sexual intercourse in marriage. If you look at this, how it is translated in sexual intercourse, a man will feel sexually aroused to his wife, and once they had it, that's it. But at the time, at the time that they had the intercourse, that's when the woman is just beginning into her emotion. And a lot of men don't understand that it is the heart of a woman that is in, is in marriage. They just leave their wife like that and go. And a lot of marriages break because the husband did not satisfy their urge. It is lack of understanding that to man, love means emotion. To woman, love means my heart. And we look at the biology of man, is different from the biology of woman. And so, because the heart of a woman is sunk in marriage, women are always demanding care. They're always demanding cuddle. They're always demanding someone to hug them. They're always demanding someone to tell them, I love you. To a man, I love you doesn't sink anywhere. Yes, but if you don't know that your, your wife needs to hear that from you again and again, some men get bored because their wife is telling, can't you tell me I love you? They get bored because they don't understand that when the woman says I love you, it's a different thing to when the man says I love you. And men need to know that if your wife demanded that once, then give it to her all the time. Tell her I love you all the time. Which means that if, you, if your wife is, uh, if you have a little disagreement, you know how to call her back. Is to say, darling, I love you. All fight will just melt away. She will just do what you want. Isn't it? I can't hear a woman answer me now. But if the man arrogantly is saying that, ah, I love you. I, don't you know I love you? <laughs> Tomorrow we'll talk about that. God bless you all.